You are listening to the Atlanta Real Estate Forum radio show, all about real estate edition. Shining a light on the movers and shakers in the real estate industry. The home builders, developers, realtors, and suppliers making it all happen. And now, here are today's hosts. Good morning and welcome back to the All About Real Estate Edition. I am your host, Todd Schnick. Before we kick things off, I do want to thank New American Funding for being our 2020 show sponsor, our ninth year on the air. It has been a pure joy to partner with New American Funding and over the course of this year and looking forward to where things go from here. All right. I am looking forward to today's conversation. We've had the pleasure of having this gentleman on the show before. And and, uh, at the time, I guess it was a relatively new project off the ground. And it'd be great to kind of get an update and see where things are going. Plus, the work they do is really relevant as we record this in 2020, as we're still in the deep throes of this pandemic. And they're doing a lot of important work in and around all the challenges that come with that. So it's going to be a great conversation. Let's welcome Atticus LeBlanc. He is the founder and CEO of AdSplit. Atticus, my friend, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much, Todd. It's a pleasure to be back. Pleasure is ours. I appreciate uh, you making time to join us. I know you're awfully busy these days, so grateful for you to swing by. Before we get into our conversation about what's happening with AdSplit, take a quick few seconds to remind the audience a bit about you and your background. Sure. Yes. So I've been in real estate, both commercial, residential, and lending my entire career starting in 2002 and have been an entrepreneur and real estate investor as my primary position for the last 15 years. Uh, started PadSplit about three years ago. Really, that was informed by those experiences owning and managing about 550 affordable properties around Atlanta. So for those new to PadSplit, give them the overview of the mission and purpose of what you're all about. Sure. Yeah. So PadSplit's vision, really to put it in a nutshell, is to solve the affordable housing crisis one room at a time. And we do that by leveraging housing as a vehicle for financial independence for anyone who's in in a low-income position right now. So it's primarily workers that are now frontline workers in our communities. And we believe that the people who serve our communities should also have the opportunity to live in them. And too frequently, that just hasn't been a reality And in and around Atlanta and I think metros around the country. Yeah, there's so many challenges going on right now that PatSplit has a positive impact on. It's actually kind of exciting to think about that and to understand how you're going about your day. For those listening, kind of go a little deeper on how it actually works. So I want people to understand exactly how you operate. Yeah, so we are essentially a marketplace between the folks who need more affordable housing options and the housing providers who actually have housing and extra space. Those housing providers are in some cases, homeowners who have additional bedrooms or are looking to help pay the taxes or their mortgage or what have you. In most cases, they're investors, though. It's investors who have uh, rental properties, whether apartments or single-family homes, that they are looking for higher returns while also doing something good for the world. And the whole premise of PadSplit was that we can both create more housing for the populations most in need. And the best way to do that would be by making it more profitable for those investors. So it is making affordable housing possible by also making it profitable. And it's, it's effectively a shared housing marketplace where we handle one-to-one relationships with usually singles who only need the one room. But the reality is that our housing stock in Atlanta and frankly around the U.S., is not very well suited for the the decline in family size that we've seen over the last 60 years. And so it's taking the existing stock that we already have rather than necessarily going out and having to build new, usually with subsidies, 
and to be able to leverage that existing housing stock in a way that meets the needs of the people who are in desperate need of better, more affordable options. Boy, I wasn't thinking about the impact of our families that are shrinking in size, a long-term trend there. I had thought of that. That's an intriguing notion. Yeah. And you said it because I was thinking as you were going through that, in addition to helping solve this affordable housing crisis, and it's only going to be exacerbated as we kind of continue to trudge through this pandemic, and we'll get into that in a minute. But I was thinking about that investor because there's some good returns there and there's some real benefit to them, right? Well, I mean, certainly as you look at today's market, it's not like there's a huge demand for investors going to go buy retail buildings or commercial office space. And dollar for dollar, it's both the strongest and I think most risk-adjusted return available in this market where incomes are being suppressed around the country as we face mounting job losses and economic insecurity. And of course, you'd always rather provide the most affordable option possible. I think any investor and and any human right now acknowledges that we have a massive need for more affordable options, where in and around Metro Atlanta, there are simply no market rate options available for anyone who makes less than $35,000 a year. And you have a huge portion of the population that makes less than $35,000 a year. And so this idea of shared housing really allows them to do that. And it allows investors to tap into that market in a way that hasn't been feasible previously. So we take the heavy lifting and the hard work out of it for owners or those housing providers where we provide all the lead generation services to get this community of people presented with these options. We deal with all of the resident relations aspects, particularly that are more pronounced in shared housing the Judy stole my cheese type of phone calls that no no housing provider ever wants to get. We do the collections and payment processing and group all of those billings into a weekly payment or even a payment that's based on their actual pay period. And then we have rating systems where residents of the homes have the ability to rate each other as well as rate the property. And we can kind of keep 360 degree accountability as much as possible so that those housing providers just can continue to provide housing and not have to deal with the day-to-day travails of property management, so to speak, or at least resident management. We certainly partner with property managers as well because we are completely virtual, but handling all of the, the messiness of human relationships in a streamlined way. So the investor gets real benefit, real returns, and Atticus does all the work. I mean, I, it's, it's yeah, that, like a, that, a win-win. That, yeah, that's the tagline, right? It's, it's make more money, do less work, and do something good, frankly. Yeah. Uh, and it, it really is intended to be not just a double bottom line enterprise, but a triple bottom line enterprise. And the reason I started this was because I wanted to create a legacy for good in the world. And I felt like the most compelling way to do that was to align incentives between the investors and other housing providers with the community of people that were most in need. So let's get into that then, because there was a, a dire need for this well before this pandemic. But now that we're deep in the throes of COVID-19, talk about how this pandemic has brought some of these affordable housing issues to more light. I mean, we're, as we record this, it's July 2020. I mean, we're not far from this eviction apocalypse that we're beginning to hear about. And, and what, what is that going to do to the marketplace? And frankly, bring the value of what you're doing even more to the forefront. But then you also touched on the fact that this does seem to really impact that essential worker, that frontline worker. Talk about all that. Yeah, well, I think as much as anything, the pandemic and the corresponding economic crisis has really just pulled back the curtain on all of the issues that have been existing for a long period of time, but have really just brought them to the surface. And one is the fact that almost none of the professions that serve our communities, whether that is the the cashier at your local grocery or the barista at your coffee shop or the waitress at your restaurant, 
and the administrative workers. They don't have any level of stability in their housing to be able to afford any sort of disruption to their income or their work environment. And I mean, we're looking at 12 million potential evictions right now, which is six times the annual uh, average across the country. And it, it really all comes back to what's been happening for quite a long time in that particularly you see this in Atlanta, where it has just been accepted that you may have to drive an hour to an hour and a half from your job to find a reasonably affordable place to stay. And it has never been sustainable. But only now have we come to realize that it is not close to sustainable and we have to do something else to provide this base level of stability for these folks to be able to truly create this ideal of a society that we think of as a meritocracy, but for a number of reasons, it hasn't lived up to that for quite some time or maybe ever. Goodness. It's going to be fascinating to see how this unfolds and the repercussions are quite intimidating, but it's encouraging to know that you and Passport are out there because it's a potential solution to this. And you've built a foundation that might have never been more necessary than it is right now. And it's there. And there's a way to kind of maybe help solve and cushion the blow from what's happening right now. It's good to know that you're there. You also engage in some pretty intriguing collaboration with some other organizations. I want to talk about Starting Point, which is a new multi-organizational partnership that helps and partners with you to tackle the affordable housing crisis in Atlanta. Talk about that organization. It's important for the public to know that just because you have a full-time job or in in some cases two full-time jobs in no way insulates you from homelessness. And that's something that I didn't realize until about five years ago. And anyone working in nonprofit organizations around the country understands that reality. And so what Starting Point has really done is partnered with a number of these organizations who often have some funding to help with what we refer to as rapid rehousing generally of folks who have been otherwise stable but have hit some sort of recent financial trauma, such as a job loss or an eviction or some other sort of financial trauma that has largely been caused by something outside of their control. And what those organizations have sought to do is to get them rehoused and stabilized as quickly as possible. And so we have partnered through this program called Starting Point with organizations and nonprofits like the Gwinnett Housing Corporation, or Salvation Army, or Hope Atlanta, or PCCI. And what they have done to help stabilize these individuals and households is to effectively underwrite the cost of housing for those individuals anywhere between one month to 12 months, just to know that that they have a place to stay from which they can rebuild their lives. And it's been incredibly meaningful to work with these folks. And I think you won't hear any more compelling need than hearing from some of the the groups and the individuals, candidly, who have really, really compelling stories that will just rip your heart out. But you realize very quickly that there's no one more deserving than the groups of people that, that these nonprofits are serving. And we are certainly thrilled and grateful to be able to partner with them and to provide some of the stability in these lives, in the lives of these people who are in desperate need of options now more so than ever. Think you need 20% down to become a homeowner? Think again. What if you could buy a home without a down payment? That's right. New American Funding understands that saving for a down payment can be difficult. They have competitive loan programs that can get you into a new home. 
Their 100% FHA financing loan program makes getting into a new home with no down payment possible. Let one of their home loan professionals pre-qualify you. Contact a new American Funding Loan Officer today to find out more about these niche loan programs and start your home ownership journey. For more information, call 678-898-3540. That's 678-898-3540. Yeah, and like you, Atticus, I too recently learned that you would think a full-time job would be able to afford you a roof over your head, and that's not the case. And I think you're seeing a grassroots uprising in this country because the economy isn't working for everyone, and there isn't as much opportunity as there used to be. And so it's kind of speaking to where this need is, and, and that was pre-pandemic. And now that we're in the throes of this thing, the problem's even more exacerbated. So Gosh, again, let me just say I'm grateful that you and your partners are out there trying to do some good here. I imagine you collaborate with some other organizations as well. Anything you want to share there? Sure, yes. So staffing agencies have been a a huge resource for us just in in getting people reemployed. So First Step Staffing is one of the primary partners there to be able to find people new work very quickly when they've lost jobs. And we've also worked directly with some employers around town as well both for, for their existing staff and contractors as well as for new staff, whether that is Delta Airlines or the Georgia Aquarium, to name a couple. And then most recently, Atlanta Public Schools, so that, that their employees uh, hopefully will be able to have access to housing that is closer to those schools when they reopen and can ultimately help to build savings when they're, they're able to cut down on some of those commute costs for folks and teachers at these schools that don't have the ability to live in the same neighborhoods where they're actually teaching. And so we've had quite a few partnerships. And I think just by and large, the more industries and partners you talk to, the more you see the need underlying for just better housing choices around the country. Yeah, no, those are some great partnerships. And ones that I wouldn't necessarily think of uh, make a lot of sense when you hear it. So that's encouraging. So gosh, I mentioned at the top of the show that you are a return guest. It's probably been roughly a year, give or take, since you've been on the show. Uh, walk us through the Padspot's growth since we uh, last had a sure. chance to converse. Yeah, well, I'm not sure where we were last time we talked, but we're at about a thousand units right now. And of course, what we do is create this affordable housing in a way that right now is completely unsubsidized in any sense of providing the the traditional capital subsidy sources that would otherwise be required. But so that 1,000 units equates to roughly $203 million in taxpayer funds that would otherwise be required to create those same same number of units wow. uh, for these households. We are now expanding and continuing to look at expanding into new markets and evaluating a couple of those right now and have made some, dipped our toe into a couple new markets and always looking to partner with cities that are interested in solving this problem I think everybody uses the term innovation, trying to find innovative housing solutions. But listen, I mean, I don't want to dance around the fact that, that this solution is still controversial, right? I mean, there's, there's no question it's much more cost effective than any of the alternatives, but it's still controversial for a lot of folks as well. And this idea of moving folks who are, who are low income into neighborhoods, and I don't want to dance around that, it simply comes back to a question of if the people who are, who are serving your communities should have the opportunity to live there. And do you think that the cashier at your grocery store should also be able to live in, in your neighborhood? And for us, that's, it's an unequivocal yes. And if you look at the historic, highly desirable communities, even here in Atlanta, if you look at neighborhoods like Virginia Highlands or Inman Park, 
all of these were mixed in communities for a long time. And the evidence clearly shows that there's no decline in property values. But I think it's, it's important to address that fear that a lot of folks have around that. And ultimately, it's about doing the right thing and, and aligning those incentives with people who are concerned about income and, and property values. Well, on that line of thinking, I mean, this is maybe a delicate question to ask, but the silver lining with the pandemic, is that affording PetSplit and other organizations that you're partnering with and, and trying to maybe do similar work? This is, is this an opportunity to educate people on what this is what this is all about? And the sense of what's been intriguing to me about this whole pandemic is the sense of community. And by that, I mean, we're all going through this. It's affecting every single one of us. And so there's been some camaraderie almost in that we're all dealing with. It's not like you're watching some hurricane on the Weather Channel and then you just walk to brunch with your friends, you know, like nothing's happening or rolled away. We're all dealing with this. And and so maybe there's going to be this notion of community and trying to help our fellow citizens. Is that going to maybe break down some of those barriers? I mean, are you seeing that? Do you think there's potential with that? I'd love to think that's the case. And certainly we've seen beautiful examples of people reaching out generously to help one another. But at the end of the day, Todd, I'm, I'm a pragmatist. And sure. I, I acknowledge that it's impossible for an extended period of time to not expect that any stakeholder group is going to operate in their own best interests. The challenge for us is to educate those different stakeholder groups to show how mixed income housing and how providing opportunities for affordable housing for the workforce that serves your community is actually within your best interest. Right. I mean, you often hear a desire from any community to see more retail or more restaurants within their their various neighborhoods and often at the same time decrying that the teachers can't afford to live in their neighborhoods. And the reality is that providing more affordable housing options and opportunities for greater life stability is within everyone's best interest. And that when you're able to do that, it is very possible and likely that everyone wins. And so I think that's more of the barrier that, that we need to cross as a society is that helping your fellow man may not only be the right thing to do, but in the vast majority of cases, and particularly relative to housing options, it's in your best interest. And that, that it is in all likelihood going to be your young adult child or your aging parent or grandparent that will need access to these types of options. And that if we are able to open and share our homes, whether you are a homeowner or an investor, or just share our communities with these different groups, that it is in your best interest to do so in multiple ways. And really, it's only become uh, commonplace and expected in the last 40 years or 40 to 60 years that we should have all of these different housing type segregated, usually by income, and to not allow those community workers and those essential frontline employees to have access to housing within their communities and, and near their workplaces. Well, amen to that. And uh, let's continue to hope and pray that that mindset continues to evolve and, and that we welcome all these folks into our communities and that that's no longer an issue. All right. Well, Atticus, continued appreciation for what you're serving here and, and the work that you're doing. Grateful to you. Before we let you go, should anyone need to connect with you and learn more about PadSplit and the work that you're doing, how do they find you? Well, the easiest place is just padsplit.com. If you're looking for stable, affordable housing, or if you are interested in providing housing for other folks in your community, please visit the site. You can actually now onboard your own property there, and all of our contact information is available on the site as well. 
outstanding. Atticus LeBlanc, the founder and CEO of PadSplit. Atticus, great to have you back. Thanks again for stopping by and joining us. Great. Thank you, Todd. All right. Well, that wraps this week's All About Real Estate Edition. On behalf of our show sponsor, New American Funding, I am Todd Schneck. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you for tuning in and listening, and we'll look forward to seeing you again right here next week. We'll see you then. Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio is sponsored by New American Funding and made possible by Denim Marketing, the publisher of Atlanta Real Estate Forum, Atlanta's favorite source for real estate and home building news. Denim Marketing is a comfortable fit, like your favorite pair of jeans. Denim Marketing tailors marketing strategies to meet your specific needs and niche. Try them on for size. They will work to create a perfect fit for your company's marketing program. Call them at 770-383-3360 or send an email to info at denimmarketing.com. For more information on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio or to inquire about being a guest, contact info at atlantarealestateforum.com. Check out the radio show by visiting atlantarealestateforum.com or by listening to the show on your favorite podcast app. And if you enjoyed today's broadcast, we'd sure appreciate a rating and review on iTunes. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio.